Well, if you've got your Bibles, go with me to Matthew chapter 11, verses 27 through 30. It's going to be our text for this morning. I'm excited to, to talk this message through with us this weekend. How many of you uh, were here last weekend for Pastor Adam Smith? How many of you got something out of that message? Man, um, if you haven't listened to it, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to it. Uh, it was an amazing message. Um, how many of you got something out of the whole series? Hashtag all the feels. I think it was probably one of our best series to date. Just some powerful things that were said in there. And so if you missed it, it's on the website. You can get that. Today is a uh, kind of a one-off message. And then next week we're going to jump into Anatomically Correct, um, a series about how the body is supposed to work together. And uh, it's going to be an important series for us as we move into the fall. We move into a lot of the things that God has for us around here. And, uh, but today is a one-off message, and we're going to look at Matthew eleven twenty-seven 27 through 30. This is our text this morning. It says this, <clears throat> All things have been entrusted to me by my Father. This is Jesus speaking. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son desires to reveal him. And he says this, many of us have heard this passage before, um, probably one of my most favorite. He says this, Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Come on, just say rest this morning. Rest. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, take some rest. Turn to your other neighbor and say, don't talk to me that way. <laughs> Verse 29. He says, take up my yoke and learn from me, because I am lowly and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This morning, I want to speak to you from the subject, recipe of rest. The recipe of rest as we deal with what it looks like to find rest in Jesus. Will you pray with me just one more time this morning? Father, we love you. <clears throat> we worship you. We thank you for your word this morning. We thank you that it's alive, it's powerful, it's active, and it has the ability to transform us from the inside out. So God, we ask that you would speak to us right now. We know that your word says that where two or three are gathered, you are in our midst. And where you are, we know that there is freedom, because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we know that who the sun sets free is free indeed. So free us up this morning, God. Take away our burdens. Give us rest in you as we dig into your word this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody said, amen. amen. Um, I love rest. Any, anybody with me? You just like to rest? Football season is all upon us, right? And uh, this is a Seattle Seahawks church, just so you know. Uh, <laughs> I know I was going to yeah. We're not going to talk about football, the unholy sport of football. Um, but uh, I love Sunday afternoons where we get to rest in between uh, our services, but even more so after the 5 p.m. service, uh, we kind of slip into this coma, um, and uh, I love the rest that ensues. I love laying my head down on the pillow at night and just sleeping and just resting. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Right now, you're probably starting to fall asleep as I talk in slow, monotone voice. Rest. I love laying my head upon a cold pillow. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? Anybody else, any, anybody else pillow flippers in the, in the nighttime? You look for the cold. Anybody else like look for the cold at the bottom of the sheets? You stretch. You do everything you can do. I just found out this week as we were traveling, uh, somebody was telling me about a blanket that actually has air funnels in it that plugs in and it shoots cold air through your bed. I know. First world problems. Um, but I love rest. Here's the problem. If we're honest, many of us aren't experiencing it. We'll sleep, we'll take vacations, we'll do all those things, but true rest, real rest, the rest that Jesus is talking about, many of us aren't experiencing. See, rest is something that we crave. 
not just crave, but, but need. And I'm concerned for this generation because of the culture of fleeing that is beginning to permeate it. See, so many of us are going from vacation to vacation only to get back to begin planning for the next one. We're distracted by destinations and departures as we pin all the places that we want to get away to. You ever been there before? You ever daydream as you see that picture on Pinterest or on, on a website or on social media? And they're on a beach somewhere and it's beautiful sand. And I'm not against vacations. I'm not against taking time and, and, and vacationing. We all need that. But the problem that I'm starting to see is that we are not trying to rest. We're trying to escape. We have responsibilities, workloads, families, priorities, and passions, and we spend as much time and energy as possible trying to make them all happen, only to find ourselves using terms like busy, tired, and burnt out. And it's right here in Matthew chapter 11, verses 27 through 30, Jesus offers us the recipe for rest, true rest, real rest, only to be had and found in Him. So this morning, I want to take a look at four ingredients necessary to finding rest that Jesus points out for us. Because here's the deal. As we move into the fall season, collectively as a church, individually and as families, I'm concerned that many of us aren't rested. We've taken our vacations. We've traveled. We've done our thing. But here's the question I want us to wrestle with this morning. Is our soul rested? Are we in a place of rest? Because I want to mess with our heads a little bit because here's the reality. Our greatest work comes out of our best rest. And our ability to step into your ability, my ability to step into what God has for us has to come from a place of true Jesus rest. A place where we can sing the song, it is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. So there's four things Jesus points out to us right here in Matthew chapter 11 that I want us to grab a hold of this morning, but I need your help. Come on, everybody, shout number one. The first thing that he shows us is this, is that rest is found by understanding authority. I'll explain that in a minute. Rest is found by understanding authority. Matthew eleven twenty seven. All things have been entrusted to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son desires to re- reveal him. Self. I want you to hear what he says. All things have been entrusted to me by my Father. I want us to notice that as Jesus say, says this, isn't it interesting that many of us live in such a way that we believe it's been entrusted to us, not entrusted to him. See, when we live this way, we are taking responsibility and authority over something we do not have the ability or right to take responsibility or authority over. In other words, most of the stress, anxiety, and weariness that we face in life is because we've taken authority over that which we have no authority over. Eric and I were traveling this week. We were in South Carolina for a pastor's collective and huddled up. There was about 60 couples there, all kind of going through some marriage care and soul care and, and uh, hearing from a man who's really become a pastor to me. He's the president of ARC, which is a church planting organization, and I got to spend some um, time with him, just me and one other dude, and he told us a story about a gr- his grandson. And he's got a grandson, lots of them, and he's got a grandson that's really, really good at soccer. And so he asked his grandson, who had scored five goals the previous week, he said, hey, 
how many, how many goals are you going to score for grandpa today? And his grandson thought about it, and as quickly as he could think about it, he said, I'm going to score two today. I'm going to score two today for you, grandpa. So grandpa was like, all right, that sounds great. So they got to the game, and the game was played, and because the team that they were playing was a greater offensive team, his grandson, the coach, took him and placed him in defense because he's an all-around good soccer player. So he made a couple assists that day for goals that were scored, and he played defense and did it phenomenally. The team, their team, the grandson's team, won that day. So they got back into the car, and his grandpa says to him, man, you played an amazing game today. Such a great game that you, that, that you played. And his grandson, as quickly as he said that, looked at him and he says, Grandpa, no, it wasn't. It wasn't a good game. And he said, why? Why wasn't it a good game? He said, I didn't score the goals I said I was going to score today. And it was in that moment the Holy Spirit spoke to Greg that day. And he said, you just made him responsible for something he has no authority over. So his grandpa turned to him and said, I will never, ever ask you how many goals you're going to score. Why? Because his grandson literally had no authority over that. His ability to score goals, his ability to do what he said he was going to do was not dependent upon his skill or anything like that. It was dependent upon the coach who would put him in the right position to score or not score those goals. And the reality is, is that many of us are not experiencing rest because the life that we are living, we are living in such a way where we are taking authority over the things that we shouldn't be taking authority over. We're trying to do something that we don't have the ability to do. And see, many of us are holding ourselves to an expectation that is predicated upon something we do not have the power or authority to produce. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to admit something to you. I stopped caring about the church. Some of you are like, that's a weird statement coming from the pastor. I'll explain. A little while ago, my personality is an A-type personality. I drive, I push. That's my personality. And a pastor can get trapped. And remember here at the well, we do not speak from a pulpit of perfection. We just talk about things. And a pastor, just like a business person or any other person, can get driven by certain things. How much the church is growing, how much it's doing this, how much it's doing. And one day I started to realize that everything that I was doing was in a driving nature, not aligned with how God would want it to be. I started taking authority over our church that I did not have the ability to take authority over. And so guess what I started doing? I stopped caring. I don't care about the growth of the church. I don't care about this. I don't care about that. Why? Because that's my, not my authority. That is not my space. You know where my space is? The hustle. That's it. I work hard and I leave it to Jesus. I love hard and I leave it to Jesus. Did you know that when we learn to step back from places of authority that we're not welcome to and give God back his authority in our lives, all of a sudden, he has the ability to do what he said he would do. The Bible tells us that Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So when I step into a place where I'm trying to build the church, I am now stepping into a place of authority that I don't have. Guess what my job is to do? Love it. Love the church. I love, I don't care about the church. 
I love you all. Does that make sense? I love this place. Five of us or 5,000 of us. I love this place. We've got to learn that rest is found by understanding authority. Let's, let's double down on this. 1 Corinthians 3, 5 through 8 says this. What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered. Watch what it says. But God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one and each will receive his wages according to his what? Labor. My job is to work hard, but it is not to take ownership. Let me ask you this question. What are you taking authority over in your life that is producing weariness because it's not yours to have authority over? Come on, am I talking to the church this morning? And if we can get this in, in, into our, so, so many of us are taking authority over our workplaces that we don't have the authority to take over. We think, oh, that promotion, it's mine to get, so I'm going to drive, and I'm going to push, and I, may, and I might have to cut a corner or two just so I can find favor in that. What would happen if you stopped taking authority over your promotion and allow God to do what he said he was going to do, which is promote you? Man is promoted through God. He's got a plan. He's got a purpose. He's got a destiny over your life. How many of you know that God has got amazing things for you, and he can do it better than you can? He can do it better than you can. So rest is found by understanding authority. Rest is not the absence of work. I work, I do what is right, I trust God for the increase, and when I take authority over something that I don't have authority over, then watch this, I step out of the grace of God on my life and I begin to grow weary, tired, and burnt out. Let me press it a little more to really make this applicable to our lives. I am not the ultimate authority over my family my kids, my job, this church, or even my life. I steward them, but I'm not the ultimate authority. Come on, somebody. Proper stewardship is my job. That is work. Ultimate authority is his job. Because he has a sight line that I don't have over my life. That relationship that you're in, it's not your authority. It's his The years that you have in your life left to accomplish what God has for you, not your authority, His. Many of us need to hear this this morning, and I hope this sets somebody free, this next statement. You just need to let it go. Let it go, let it go. <laughs> I don't remember the rest of the song. <laughs> Because we moved on to the greatest showman. <laughs> Just got to let it go. Stop holding on to it so tight. He has the authority over it. Am I talking to anybody in here this morning? Got to find rest. This is the recipe for rest. If, if rest is a cake, it's our first it's our first ingredient. Come on, everybody shout number two. Number two, the second thing we need to know is this, is that rest is found in constant connection. Rest is found in constant connection. Watch what he says, Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. He says, come to me. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you what? Rest. 
Rest is the product of connection. The emphasis here is come to me. And I truly believe that one of the greatest reasons we lack in experiencing true rest is because we are disconnected from Jesus more than we are connected. I'm not saying that we don't love him or follow him. What I'm saying, though, is that rest is found in connection to a greater power source that most of us never tap into. And we fail to realize that sometimes. Is that many of us are weary, we're burdened, we're burnt out, or feeling that way. Because, not, not because of our relationship with God, but because of our relationship with everything else in the world around us. Because if we're really honest, what is the percentage that we give God in our lives? Erica has talked about this before with our staff and our team, and, and she's talked about the amount of time. She's, she loves doing math and, and working through numbers, so she said, let's just look at the math of it all. The amount of time and energy that we put into everything else in life versus the amount of time and energy that we put into our relationship with Jesus. Isn't it interesting that, that if you really worked through it, and she worked out the numbers, and it's pretty much if you come to church, get involved in a table group, serve, and do extra activities that are there, if you're a part of any of that, you have potentially given Jesus 1%. 1%. 4 Sorry. Of the week, one to four percent, depending on your engagement. One to four <laughs> percent of your week. Yet, how often do we say, I'm burnt out on Jesus? I'm burnt out on my faith. I'm burnt out on all these things. And it's like, no, you're not burnt out because of those things. You're burnt out because of these things, and Jesus is the power source we need for connectivity in order to keep on running the race that God has before us. See, rest is found in constant connection. And this is why we frantically look for the next destination and we say things like, when I get there, everything is going to be okay. I can rest only to find out that there is just as demanding and unfulfilling as here. And so then the cycle continues. The hamster wheel keeps moving because we're trying to get to there, and when we get there, there is not good enough. It's just like here, and so we keep on running, we keep on running. And at a certain point, in all the franticness of the world, you will be weary, for sure. So Jesus says this, come to me. Don't go to Netflix and chill. <laughs> come to me. Don't go to the golf course, it's great. Trust me, I love golf. Don't go to the lake. Don't go, because we're running to all these different things. Does that mean the lake is bad and Netflix is bad and the golf course is bad? No, that's not what we're saying. What we're saying is if that is our first outlet to find rest, we are missing the power source because the lake is not my power source. Netflix is not my power source. Jesus is my power source. And when I connect to him, I'm filled back up and I receive the rest that my soul is looking for. I'll fish every day, twice on Sunday. But you know what? I'm just as tired when I get back. Till I sit and I open up his word. Actually, you know what's funny? I want to say this. Do you know why our worship around here is as passionate as it is? It's not because these guys are manufacturing something. I watch how this happens every single Sunday. So everybody comes in, and you're like staggering in with your coffee. Hi, hi, how's it, how's it going? Don't talk to me. I hate you. Um, <laughs> right? Come on, some of you know what I'm talking about. And that's just our pastors. And so, um, 
<laughs> you come in and you're just kind of staggering in. And then the first song, and I watch everybody's eyes go like this, right? And they're up here doing whatever they do, straining things and pulling things and bouncing around, right? And all of a sudden, it's like, okay. And then you just, it's a few more sips of coffee, and then I watch it. If you've ever watched me, I'm looking around because I'm watching what everybody's doing. All of a sudden, you see the coffee, like, start to go down underneath the seat. That's why we have all the stains on the carpet. And so... <laughs> So the, so the coffee goes down. <laughs> That's like, yeah, it's true. Um, so the coffee goes down, and all of a sudden, some of you are like, okay. Can't clap to the first song because I do not know this beat. And so maybe the second song will be more clappable. And so all of a sudden, you kind of clap, and then we get to the second song, and everybody's perked up a little bit more. What's happening? It's not because the worship is getting better. It's because you're starting to receive the spirit and presence of God into your heart. Now all of a sudden, everybody's like, why is it starting to get kind of amped up in here and all excited? Was there Red Bull in the coffee? Or is the coffee kicking in? Uh Uh-uh. It's the Spirit of God just breathing life into things that have been made weary during the week. And then all of a sudden, the clapping's going on. And all of a sudden, you hear the jam in the back. Woo! And somebody gets pumped and excited. And then all of a sudden, the third song happens. And the third song, they move into the worship song. And you're talking about darkness being fled or doing whatever it's going to do because Jesus is awesome. And all of a sudden, hands are up and all the singing starts happening. Why? Because God is breathing life into weary things. Why? Because it's not about the worship, it's about the connectedness. And all of a sudden we get to song four and it's full out praise. Everybody's up, all the hands are up, you're pitted out because it's a little warm in here. Right? And all of a sudden, you're, and then everybody's shouting and clapping and excited. Why? Because you connected to a power source. It's not good worship. It's a great God. That's why. That's why we turn the volume just a little bit up. So we can't hear you sing. (laughs) You were wondering why it was louder. Listen, proximity is the purpose and power is found in his presence. We just got to get close. We got to get close. I haven't been with my kiddos for a week because we've been traveling. I got home yesterday, and as we got home, what was the first thing that we did? It was not go look for the next place to go. I grabbed my kiddo, and we held each other. I hugged my baby. I hugged my son. I hugged my other daughter. Why? Proximity. Because there was this this tank that hasn't been filled all week from my relationship with my kiddos. So I needed to fill it. What was the only way to do that? It wasn't sitting down and doing their schoolwork with them. What did I need to do? I needed to hold them. I needed to be close. I needed to be in proximity. And some of us are neglecting the proximity that we need with Jesus to find rest. Closeness and connectedness key. Here's the truth. If you can't find rest here, then when you try to get there, you won't find it either because you're missing the power source. This is why reading our Bibles, prayer, worship, and yes, even church are so important. And we want hashtag all the feels. It's not that sexy. 
And many of us say things, I've heard this a million and one times, and I get it. I just, when I, when I read my Bible, I don't get anything out of it. Maybe it's because you're trying to read your Bible for knowledge instead of proximity. Can I be your pastor this morning? <laughs> you, maybe you weren't meant to get something out of it. Do you know how many times I read this open? I'm like, nope, don't get anything. Nothing. What are you talking about? And this guy's like, I don't want you to get anything out of it. Just read about my character. Get into proximity with me. I just want to be with you. You know some of the greatest moments that I have with my wife? We're quiet. We're just in proximity. Come on, are, are, are you hearing me this morning? <laughs> this is the purpose. This is why we're doing party at the park today. So that we can be in proximity of each other. Why? So you can be encouraged. Maybe you're discouraged, so you get around somebody. Get around some of these guys. You get around Stephen, and Stephen's like, man, wants to encourage you. He says how awesome you are. And just by being around him, getting around people. Have you ever just been around people, and all you needed to do was laugh? That's why we showed the bloopers this morning, because some of us just need to lighten up. We're so bound up. We are constipated Christians. <laughs> and church... Church News was Metamucil for the soul, okay? <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> the joy of what? The joy of the Lord is my strength. I want to find rest. Anybody else want to find rest in this church this morning? Anybody else need some rest in Jesus this morning? So he says, come to me, right? Number three, everybody shot number three? Number three, the third one is this. Rest is found in weight management. Rest is found in weight management. Matthew eleven twenty nine 29 through 30, he says, take up my yoke and learn from me because I am lowly and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Watch what he says. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Right here, Jesus offers us proper weight distribution practices. He says, here, take what I have for you. It's easy and light. I want you to see this today. When we take what he offers, we have to let go of what we've been carrying. God, did, did you get that this morning? When I take what he offers, I have to let go of what I've been carrying. But many of us try to carry both things. If I were to come down and I were to say, hey, Sarah take what I offer. No. See, she's trying to hold on to both of her stuff because her penmanship's awesome. <laughs> she doesn't want to let go. I'm saying, here, take this. I want this from you. I want all of that from you. Take mine because it's light and it's easy. But see, many of us want, no, I want what you have for me, God, and then I want what I have for me, God. And it doesn't work that way. That's why he says, take, take mine. Take my, it's, it's easy and it's light. Pastor Erica did a phenomenal job explaining this when it came to offenses just a couple weeks ago. How we try to carry everything. We got to stop carrying everything. His yoke is easy and light. See, we carry the job promotion, the wayward kiddo, the addiction, the stress in the marriage, the doubt in my faith. All of which we need to care about, but we don't need to carry it. Because at the end of the day, we don't have the authority over those things. He does. And that is why the Bible says he will work out all things for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. 
Listen, when I carry what is not mine to carry, I end up hurting myself and placing undue pressure and stress upon myself. I'll illustrate it like this as we get ready to close. This summer has been a hectic traveling summer for Erica and I and the family. And so at the beginning of the summer, we, uh, we had a trip that we were doing. We brought the kiddos and um, we took the staff to, to a conference and, and then did a little bit of a retreat with them and uh, to do soul care stuff for our team. We were traveling with my kiddos and so we've got baby in tote and then an eight-year-old and a seven-year-old. So we got all these all these bags, bags everywhere, bags for days. Parents, you know what I'm talking about when you travel. So we've got our bag, we've got Shiloh's bag, we've got Justice's bag, we've got Eliana's bag, which is just a bag of diapers. And so, got all these bags. And I'll never forget, we were sitting in the San Diego airport, and I had my bag and I had put it down. Justice had put his bag down as well, and he was playing around. And I was like, dude, get your bag, we need to get, we need to get rolling. So he decided to ignore my request, <laughs> as they do, and he didn't go after his bag. What did he go after? He's like, Dad, I want to take your bag. And I said, sure, go ahead, take my bag. And how many of you know that what ensued was a lesson in futility for him? And he tried to pick up my bag, and he was like, Dad, this bag is heavy. And I'm like, yeah, I know, it's my bag, right? He's like, but I wanted, and he's trying to drag this bag that has all this stuff, and he can't. And, mo- and like some of it's their stuff as well. It's this heavy bag. He's like, Dad, I can't, I can't pull this bag. And I said, I know, son. That's why I gave you your bag to carry, and I'll carry mine. Some of us are in a constant debate with God about which bag we're trying to carry in life. See, many of us are trying to carry what God says he's going to carry, and we're abdicating our responsibility to carry what we're supposed to carry because it's improper weight management. And he says, let me give you what I gave justice. What I gave him was a bag that was not heavy for him to carry. That's what Jesus says, come to me, all of those who are weary. Let me, let me give you, take my yoke, take this thing that I'm giving you because it is properly managed. The weight is distributed appropriately for your ability, your skill, your mind, the way that you work, your creativity, everything that you need. It's right here and it's not heavy. It's proper weight management. See, his bag was weighed appropriately. It had in it what he was responsible for, nothing more, nothing less. We find rest when we stop carrying what we were never meant to carry. And we take what he wants to give us and we carry that. Rest. I know for some of us this morning we would love to go home, lay our head on the pillow and sleep the week away. Maybe the month. <laughs> Some of us might be in the position right now where like, if I could just hibernate for the year, I'd be good. So we think about our vacations, we think about getting away. So getting away is not found in escape. Getting what we need is found in rest. And rest is what Jesus offers every single day one of us. Is your soul weary this morning? 
Is your soul tired this morning? Is your soul scorched this morning? Maybe it's taken some shots. It's taken some hits. Can I invite you into a place with Jesus where he says, come to me, all of us who are weary and burdened. I'll give you rest for your souls. Take what I have for you. Leave what you've been carrying at my feet. Take what I have for you. Because in doing so, it's light and it's easy. In Jesus' name.